You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter, Gregor Chisholm. And, Gregor, big news of the day. The Blue Jays go out and add a big piece heading into the trade deadline. Melvin Upton Jr., they add him into the outfield mix. Um, I know we anticipated the Blue Jays going after pitching, and I'm sure that's still on the docket between now and the August 1st trade deadline. Um, but but you have an outfield with some question marks, I guess, from a health standpoint. Was that the biggest thing behind this? Jose Batista, obviously, just coming back off the DL. Saunders has battled some things. In, in a way, Pilar is always a risk because of the way he plays the game. Did they feel like they had to add some insurance into this lineup heading into the stretch? I think so, and especially when you consider the cost that it, it took to get Upton Jr. Knows Upton Jr. That that name's been floated around for the last couple of weeks, and you know I had a hard time making sense of it at first. But then when you see what the trade actually was, you give up a low-level pitching prospect, you're only on the hook for five million dollars of Upton salary over uh, the next year and a half. It really is kind of a win-win. There's a, a no-lose situation here for the Blue Jays um, because they're not really committing much in terms of prospect capital or dollars. Um, so I don't really know how you would say no. And, and what Upton does is uh, what you touched on. Uh, it gives the Blue Jays a lot more depth and versatility on the 25-man roster. Uh, there are some question marks a little bit about Jose Batista and his injured left foot. So uh, adding another guy like Upton who can spell Batista occasionally in right field, someone you can use against uh, left-handed pitching, uh, throughout the course of this season, it just gives the Blue Jays so much more depth and versatility than they had before. And uh, you know, based on the cost, it's it's kind of a no-brainer to to pull the trigger on that on that on that deal. I was kind of shocked by the cost a little bit. Hansel Rodriguez, the one player that goes the other way, that seemed to fit as far as Upton goes. Who is having a nice season out in San Diego, but I was surprised by the amount of money that the Padres were. We're still going to have to pay uh, Upton Jr. in this deal, and and that to me was the makes it almost a no-brainer for the Blue Jays. And how much does this help them? Not just right now, but you look at next year and the amount of free agents. And we talked about it last year, with, last week, with them signing up Smoke and getting rid of one of those free agents that they would have to deal with. Now you at least have Upton Jr. That if you lose Batista, you have the guy to fit in there. Yeah, it gives you a little bit more uh, certainty going forward, and, and it comes at a price that doesn't stop you from doing something else. Uh, I mean, this would be a perfectly fine situation uh, in terms of his contract if he came back next year and, and, and somehow was still in a reserve role. Uh, the salary that he's going to be making from a Toronto perspective, that's fine uh, because you can still get a lot of value out of that as a platoon type, as a part-time type player. Um, so, you know, it doesn't lock the Blue Jays in anything kind of similar uh, to the way the Justin Smoke signing was. It, didn't, it won't prohibit the Blue Jays from uh, bringing back uh, Michael Saunders or Jose Batista next year, um, but it does give them a little bit more certainty for a team that has nine free agents at the end of this year. There's going to be an awful lot of work to do this offseason, uh, so it's kind of a, a nice little bonus for this team that at the very least that they can lock in uh, a bench piece that gives them another look uh, this offseason when they have a lot more moves to make. Yeah, and I'm kind of excited to see Upton Jr. at Rogers Center and and what that could do for maybe his power numbers as well. I think he could be certainly a nice fit. He can still run the outfield well. He can play, I guess, all three outfield positions. I know he hasn't really played much right, but but he could certainly do it, and, and he's a center fielder. So a nice piece for the Blue Jays, but they can't be done, right? There's still got to be some pitching out there to be added, whether it be a starter or a reliever. 
Yeah, and that's kind of another bonus of this deal is that they didn't really have to give up much in terms of prospect capital uh, or financial flexibility to get the deal done. So it's not going to stop them from uh, making another move here over the next six days. Anything that they were going to be able to do before, they're still going to be able to do now. And uh, there's no question about it. The the focus right now is 100% on on pitching, uh, especially now that they've got some of the offensive depth taken care of and you know, it's still the big, the big wild card in all of this is, is obviously Aaron Sanchez and Ross Atkins talked about that again today. Um, you know, his future role is really going to depend on how much the Blue Jays need to go after a starter versus a reliever. But uh, I think it's they're looking at both of those areas right now, and uh, I think this team is still going to make at least one more move, uh, possibly even two, um, before the trade deadline to really shore up that pitching staff because that's the one area right now when you look at this team that's very, very good on paper. The, the one area of concern would be the back end of that bull, uh, rotation in case anyone gets hurt or if Sanchez moves, and, and then the bullpen, which which has been the, the biggest issue for this team for most of the season. Does Ross Atkins get to go anywhere these days without having to talk about Aaron Sanchez? No, and, and, and John <laughs> Gibbons the same way. You know, he, he finished last night's game uh, basically saying that he was done talking about it. Uh, and until uh, the move happens he, he doesn't have anything to say and if it doesn't happen then, then they'll just continue going on it's it's the it's by far the biggest uh, dominant storyline around toronto and it's also become one of the bigger storylines uh, around all of major league baseball and, and that just goes to show you uh, you know how well aaron sanchez has pitched this entire season and uh, if they do end up moving him from the rotation that's going to be a big big hole to fill if the one positive you could take from it is that it would uh, give the blue jays uh, you know that that extra setup man that they've really been uh, looking for as well. Yeah, and that setup man, it was supposed to be Drew Storen, um, and it just didn't work out, Gregor. Drew Storen designated for assignment this week. Um, here's a guy that that a year ago, um, right about now, or right until uh, until Papelbon went to Washington, I guess, was was a guy that was a dominant-type reliever. He, he could blow up at times, obviously, in the ninth inning. He had some bad moments, but overall – he was a guy that could pitch the late innings. Um, Papelbon goes to the Nationals. He gets bumped out of that role. I don't know if that did to his psyche, but then he ends up with the Blue Jays, and it just hasn't worked out. What do you think went wrong with Drew Storen, a guy who's he's still just 28 years old? Yeah, well, uh, and this is an example of you know a trade that can look that can look great on paper. Uh, you can make it for all the right reasons. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out. And, uh, I personally loved the Storm trade at the time. I thought it was a, a really nice move for that bullpen, and I thought he would settle into a, a nice setup role, and, and it just didn't happen. I think part of it uh, is the fact that there was a little bit of a drop in his velocity, and I think throughout the season he was constantly trying to overcompensate from that, uh, and he was overthrowing his fastball. That led to a lot of command issues. Uh, you know, he, he hit a lot of batters, but, but even more concerning than that uh, was that everything was up in the zone, and uh, you know, John Gibbons just couldn't find a way uh, to use him. He gave him multiple chances early in the year uh, to try and be that setup man. They tried to ease him back into, you know, a middle relief role and then gave him another shot in a setup role. And, and it seemed like every time that uh, they needed a high leverage inning from him, uh, something went wrong for Storin. And uh, he just didn't really have a, a fit on this team anymore. So it's, it's not a surprising move to me that they would just cut their losses and, and designate him for assignment. I don't really think there was much alternative because – uh, when you're one of the final guys in the bullpen, you kind of need to be able to uh, provide a little bit of versatility and have the ability to, to throw multiple innings and, and things like that. And that's not uh, Drew Storm's role. Drew Storm was supposed to be a seventh or eighth inning guy, and 
unfortunately for the Blue Jays, he just wasn't able to get the job done, and, and they've had to turn the page. And that trade really didn't work out either way because I think if you talk to Nationals fans, they haven't been thrilled with what they've gotten from Ben Revere either, um, maybe a little more than, than Storen's given the Blue Jays. But some trades, like you said, they just don't they just don't work out, and you can't quite figure it out. Um, weird transactions, uh, Gregor. Russell Martin to the disabled list, and this is a new one for me. Or not to the disabled list, but, but day-to-day. Um, injured in the shower after coming out of the sauna with lightheadedness type thing. Is that what happened? And he fell down. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's exactly. I mean, it. we've all been there, but it's weird when you read it in the news. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it joins a list of probably some of the most bizarre Blue Jays injuries they've, they've ever had. I remember Brett Cecil very early on in his career. I think he cut his finger on, on a blender when he was uh, getting ready for a game beforehand. And, and that ended up costing him some time. Uh, the good news for Martin is that it was just a, a very short-term thing, missed a couple of games, and was able to get back into the lineup on Monday night. But very, very bizarre injury, and, and I guess uh, he needs to, he needs to feel uh, fortunate that there wasn't actually any kind of structural damage done to that knee. It was just kind of a, uh, a little bump, and he was able to move on from there. But, but very strange. Yeah, absolutely. One more thing to touch on, Gregor. Um, Marcus Stroman has always obviously been a, a confusing figure this year as far as what he's going to bring from start to start. But last week, eight innings and a run, certainly encouraging that this guy can be that guy that Blue Jays really need him to be if they're going to make a run in October. Yeah, exactly. And, and especially considering the lack of depth that the Jays have in the rotation. I mean, they do have Drew Hutchison waiting in the wings, but but after that, there really is no certainty beyond that. And that's one of the reasons why uh, the Jays are trying to uh, make some sort of move for a starting pitcher. But but this team needs Marcus Stroman. I mean, you look at that starting rotation, one through five, uh, Stroman, uh, you know, unfortunately for him, has been that weak link this year. And, you know, we've seen some positive signs. You give him a little bit of a break for the rough outing he had right after the All-Star break. You know, baseball players are you know, creatures of habit. And uh, the fact he was thrown off his routine a little bit, maybe you give him a little bit of a pass. And then uh, the other three starts, three of the four starts he's had over that time, uh, he's actually been pretty good. And the eight innings you touched on was probably one of his best. He just needs to get back to that level of consistency uh, that we saw uh, from him in, in a small sample size, uh, but that we have seen from him uh, in the past because they're definitely going to need him. You just don't know what's going to happen uh, with Sanchez if he fatigues down the stretch or what you're necessarily going to get. Marco Estrada's had some back issues. Marcus Stroman is still a big part of the starting rotation. They need him to be a big start of this, big part of the starting rotation. And uh, for him, it, it all comes down to command. He's had some issues keeping the ball down in the zone. Uh, we saw uh, some improvement on that in Arizona, and that's something he's going to need to carry forward in, in, in his next starts as well to, to really show everybody that he has turned a corner. All right. Thanks, Gregor. We will monitor this team throughout the next week. And next week on the podcast, we can talk about the moves that the Blue Jays did make in these last few days leading up to the trade deadline. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.